Welcome to the Bookwifery Podcast, a weekly podcast that helps you birth your book, your voice, and your audience through discernment, companionship, and guidance. I'm Christiane Squires, the founder of Bookwifery, and my mission is to help you birth books that heal the world with light. Welcome to the show. Hello, beauty. Welcome to this week's episode of the Bookwifery Podcast. This episode is episode 22, and we are going to talk today about lessons learned from hosting an Instagram hashtag challenge. So I'm titling it, What I Learned from Hosting a Hashtag Challenge, and it's taken from an experience I just ended on the week of October 22nd on Instagram. I did a hashtag challenge called the Bookwifery Visibility Challenge, and it was my first time ever hosting an event like that on Instagram, and I learned a lot from doing it and wanted to pull together those learnings, not just for the benefit of um, um, kind of talking through what you can learn from doing an event like this, but also to um, help you think through how you might benefit from from doing something like this for your own community or um, to just kind of get a sense of what what behind the scenes of hosting an event like this can look like, what, what can you expect, what can you not expect, <laughs> um, and just helping you think through, uh, would this be something valuable for you to do? Maybe not specifically as a hashtag challenge, um, but even if there's other iterations of such a thing that would be helpful for you to do for your audience, to host for them and to help um, help them meet one another, help you get to know them better, and, and also broaden the reach of your community or the people that you're serving in your audience. So this episode, what I learned from hosting a hashtag challenge is I'm going to walk through the process of how I went about doing it and kind of take a linear approach. We're going to look at the genesis of the idea. We're going to look at the planning, the prepping, the execution and go time, and then also kind of the finishing well side of it. And I'm going to show you a number of things through this process, this linear approach to to what happened. First of it, it's going to be partly behind the scenes, kind of, you know, um, pulling back the curtain, letting you see what was happening behind the scenes of hosting this challenge. If you were a part of the challenge, um, maybe you would find that interesting (laughs) to see how it all comes together. Um, Part how, and this episode is also part how I actually did it, um, kind of talking you through the different steps that I took to execute it. that in case that's helpful for you, if you're thinking of hosting a challenge like this, um, it's also going to be part like this is what surprised me things that I didn't see would happen or how they came about. Um, so it's going to be a little bit about what I learned and also how this could apply to you and how you could do it and um, why it might be a benefit for you to try. So to dive in, I want to lay a little bit of groundwork. Um, the first is to talk about um, First of all, the difference between the regular use of hashtags and a hashtag challenge. So you may or may not be familiar with what a hashtag is. Um, They are particularly popular on social media platforms like Instagram, um, but they're also useful on other platforms like Twitter and Facebook kind of of also uses hashtags a little bit. It's not as popularly used there, but um, on Instagram, it's hashtags can be a great way for you to meet other people people in certain kinds of communities that use common hashtags together to find one another. That's kind of the regular use of hashtags on Instagram. Um, and so that's one, one approach that some people take on Instagram to growing their, uh, their, um, 
their network, their community, their connections, um, their audience is through the use of targeted hashtags that are, connect them to certain kinds of communities that like to share certain kinds of images and um, stories of life. Um, but other ways <clears throat> that you can use hashtags on Instagram, um, w- another way that you can do it is you can create your own hashtag to kind of um, catalog certain images from your own life that you might want to gather up together later to create like a photo album. So I see a lot of moms do- use this approach on Instagram where they will create a hashtag say for like a summer season with their family or a summer vacation or a particular year um, that their children are, and they will create kind of a very unique hashtag for that particular part of their life. And every image they share that's connected to that, they'll tag it with that hashtag. And then at the end of that season, they can gather up all the photos from that hashtag and create a photo album out of it. So the regular use of hashtags where people find one another and create community, and then this other kind of unique usage of a hashtag for a for an individual to create a photo album later. Um, neither of those are the approach that I'm going to be talking about in this episode. Those are kind of two other ways you can use hashtags. The way I'm going to talk about it in this episode is when um, a host or a group of hosts decide to kind of facilitate some kind of a community venture together over a specific period of time. Um, They name it as a type of challenge and they give it a name and they give it its own particular hashtag and they invite anybody who wants to join to be part of this certain number of days challenge and to share images connected to that challenge over those certain number of days. And all of the entries into the challenge are connected by the use of this particular hashtag that the host kind of sets out for everyone to use. And it's a great way for people to meet each other around a common interest for a short period of time. That is the kind of hashtag uh, usage that I'm going to be talking about in this episode. So I'm calling it a hashtag challenge. It's an Instagram hashtag challenge. And I hosted one on Instagram the week of October 22nd through the 26th. That was a five-day challenge that I called the Bookwifery Visibility Challenge. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about how the hashtag challenge came about. But before I do that, I want to give you some examples of what a hashtag challenge has looked like, um, what it can look like, and some other some other examples of challenges that people have done to kind of help you get your mind around it. So one, I think what probably the first hashtag challenge that I ever became aware of was one that Susanna Conway hosts every August, and it's called the August Break. Um, and I remember she started hosting this, I want to say it might have been like six or seven years ago was their first time doing it. And um, the idea was, it might have even started on a blog, on her blog rather than on Instagram. But anyways, the idea was that um, one year in au- coming up on August, she was starting to feel really tired from kind of coming up with new content to post and being really thoughtful with her captions or her blog posts or whatever. And so she said, you know, what, what if for the month of August, we all just agreed to post an image every day of just something from our day. And it was just kind of a, a nice way to take a break in August from having to have some really thoughtful or intentional to say and to just share beautiful images from the everyday. I'm pretty sure that's kind of the sense of what it was, how it started. And it has become an annual thing that every year she hosts the the August break. And it's primarily now hosted on Instagram. And it's just a great way for people to, she now will provide prompts every year that's like gives people a way to frame each day's post. So it might be like, you know, day one is a picture of the morning light. Day two is a picture of your breakfast. Day three is, you know, some unexpected encounter. Day four is something blue. Um, and so 
you've probably now, you know, seen more and more of these iterations come up all over the place. It's not unusual to hear about some kind of an Instagram challenge that goes for 30 days for like a whole month of something. Um, Other ones I've seen have been like going through the season of Advent. Um, There's a there's a church or a denomination, I can't remember which, that hosts every every Advent. There's like a Instagram challenge for Advent that invites you to kind of follow the light coming into the world. Um, more recently, Laura Tremaine, um, also known as the Hollywood Housewife, she hosted a really great Instagram challenge called 10 Things to Tell You. Um, she has a blog that that is titled 10 Things to Tell You, and it's like once a month she'll, she'll offer a post of like 10 things to tell you about, you know, books that I love right now or movies that I'm loving or podcasts that I'm listening to or, you know makeup sales or, you know, just very like different parts of life and 10 things to tell you that I want you to know about. Um, and so she, um, she was doing an Instagram story a couple months ago and she was asking her followers, you know, what are the kinds of things that you really wish your girlfriends would either ask you about or that you could tell your girlfriends about? And the kinds of responses she got, um, were just so honest and so um, making evident how much people ha- feel the need to talk really deeply and honestly about some of the parts of our lives that we don't ever bring into the public and don't ever bring even into conversation with our closest friends. And she said, you know, I think that there's a real opportunity here for us to talk about just real life with one another. And so she started a hashtag challenge that was 10 days and it was called 10 things to tell you. And the prompts for those those 10 days were things like, you know, I grew up dot, dot, dot. And you just finish, finish the sentence. Um, um, in three months, I would love for you to ask me about dot, dot, dot. And then you would just finish the prompt. So I didn't participate in that challenge, but I follow a lot of people on Instagram who did. And it was really beautiful to see the kinds of sharing that people were, were offering into that challenge for 10 days. So Susanna Conway's August break Laura Tremaine's 10 Things to Tell You, um, different Advent or Lent kinds of challenges that happen. Um, Another gal I follow named Allison Sadler, um, she has one that she runs every maybe six months or once a year or something called Free Up Your Insta, which is a way for people to share more on their Instagram that's just more real life instead of all the prettied up glossy photos that, you know, are really curated and make life look perfect. She just wants people to experience freedom in their Instagram experience. So she started a hashtag challenge called free up your Insta that she runs. I think it's a seven day challenge, like once every six months or so. So I'm going to link up each of those examples in my show notes for this episode, episode 22, in case you're wanting to look for, um, to get more information about those kinds of challenges, um, or are interested in following the individuals that I named. Um, so anyway, okay, we've laid the groundwork. We've talked about the difference between different types of uses of hashtags. (laughs) We've talked about what a hashtag challenge is. And then I've given you some examples of other hashtag challenges that I've, um, that I've personally witnessed other people hosting. And, um, now I want to tell you a little bit more about the story behind the bookwifery visibility challenge and how it came together, because there were some lessons I learned just in the genesis of the idea that I'd love to pass on to you in case you decide to host something like this, um, either through a hashtag challenge or through some other kind of community venture for your people. So here's the story. Um, I went to Texas in early October for a mastermind retreat. And uh, during my time of sharing with my mastermind partners, I was talking to them about the need to make bookwifery a bit more visible. Um, 
knowing that I need to kind of let Bookwifery be, be get in front of more people so that she as an entity, as a business entity can grow and serve more authors that are coming into the world. And, um, we were on a break at one point that morning and, um, Jen and Becky had kind of gone off to do their own thing and I was sitting on the porch and I was having a cup of coffee and Jen, one of my mastermind partners walked back to the house where we were staying. And I said, Hey Jen, what do you think about the idea of me hosting a hashtag challenge on Instagram at some point? Um, on behalf of Bookwifery to kind of, you know, continue to raise its visibility, but also to serve Bookwifery's audience. And she's like, oh, I think that could be really interesting. And I knew as soon as I, the idea had come to mind and as I was kind of let it come out of my mouth into (laughs) conversation with her, I knew that if I ever were to host a hashtag challenge on Instagram, I would want it to be something that helped Bookwifery's audience, like people who are connected to Bookwifery and interested in what Bookwifery is about or who could potentially be interested in Bookwifery, I knew that I would want it to serve them and their connection to their own audiences more than necessarily just serving Bookwifery. So here's what I mean by that. In the work that I do at Bookwifery, I help authors or fledgling authors like you um, get clearer and clearer and clearer on what their message really is that they have to distill into a book that will impact the lives of other people. And in the process of doing that, we also do a lot of tending to um your audience for that message and who it is for and why it matters to them or um, how it could change their life. And so there's a lot of work inside Bookwifery with the authors I, I, I work with around message and voice and audience and service and um, you're just getting clearer and clearer on that on behalf of the book that you're birthing into the world, but also on behalf of the audience that you're serving ultimately with your work and with the message of your book. And so Part of my work at Bookwifery is to attract people to what I do that have a need and a desire to do that kind of work. They want to distill their life, their works, their their life's works message into a book, and they also want to get clear on the audience that that book is meant to serve and to continue to serve that audience in increasingly creative ways. And so I knew that if I were to host a hashtag challenge, I would want to. Um, have it serve the purpose that Bookwifery ultimately serves in the world, which is helping you clarify your message, which is helping you clarify your audience, which is helping you clarify why your message matters to your audience and helping your audience really connect with who you are and what you're about and the work that you're doing and helping the the people that follow you really become clear on what it is that you're really standing for and doing and trying to accomplish through your work. And so I just loved the idea that, you know, what I am about in my work, which is helping you clarify those things, could also be turned around into a challenge that would allow you to become more visible with your audience that you're already connected to on Instagram or with new people that might come along. And so just the first learning here that I gained from doing a hashtag challenge is knowing why you're doing it and also knowing how it serves your audience. So if you were to host a hashtag challenge or some kind of other community effort, knowing both like there can be a twofold reason why you're doing it, why you're doing it for yourself and your own life's work, and also really knowing how it can serve the people that you're doing it with and for. So for me, 
I knew that I wanted to do the hashtag challenge to do something that would help Book Wifery get more out into the world, raise her profile of visibility, um, kind of raise the awareness of Book Wifery's existence in the world. Um, but I ultimately wanted it to help the people that Book Wifery can serve by helping them clarify their message and their audience. And so the, the challenge itself was going to help you do that in a very easy, accessible way. So that was, was a that was kind of first lesson learned. Um, but then... What's cool is that um, when I went back home from that retreat, the the challenge itself came together really quickly. I didn't anticipate doing it right away. I kind of was tucking it in my back pocket, thinking at some point I would I would revisit that idea, but I had other ideas I was going to pursue first. But then just through a period of a couple days of sharing on Instagram about my own struggles with visibility and getting responses from, from people about their struggles with visibility, this idea for doing a visibility challenge came to the fore. And I just decided, you know what, let's just do it. Let's just um, invite people to, to show up, become more visible, and, and have this be the context for this hashtag challenge. So the third lesson in this genesis of the idea for me was this can come together very quickly. <laughs> you do not have to wait six months to do a hashtag challenge or some kind of com community initiative for your audience um, that you can be inspired and you can decide, you know what, I'm just going to do it. I think for me, when it came, I came back from that retreat on like October 2nd and by October 22nd, we were starting the challenge. So that was like about a three week window there that it just kind of came together. So Lessons from the Genesis. Know why you're doing it for you. Know how it will serve your audience in a very practical way, in a way that's meaningful to them. And number three, trust that it can come together quickly. It doesn't have to take a long time. Okay, so let's move into the planning stage. Um, one thing to know when you're going to do some kind of a community initiative like this is to decide upfront how long it's going to run. So some of the examples I gave to you earlier, there's like a, a 30 day challenge for like the whole month or 30, 31 days for the whole month of August. Uh, the 10 things to tell you was a 10 day challenge. I think Allison Sadler's is a seven day challenge. I decided for me that I was going to do a five day challenge Monday through Friday. This was partly to do with um, feeling like five days was like something people could get their minds and their hands around. It was like, didn't feel too intimidating. Didn't feel like it would stretch out for too long. It would keep them really focused just for a five day sprint. Um, I also was thinking, you know, for me, my Instagram usage, I tend to be pretty active during the week, but I, I prefer to let myself take weekends off if I want to. And so I thought, you know, Monday through Friday is a work week for me. I can, I can host a challenge for the work week, but I didn't know that I wanted to do something that would commit me through the weekends, you know, for like a whole month. <laughs> and so, so, um, I chose five days for mine, but just know like there's lots of different options there and you can decide what, what makes the most sense for you and your audience. Next thing I needed to do for the planning process was to come up with the prompts for this five-day bookwifery visibility challenge. Um, and I decided that um, after having watched other people host challenges and see seeing that they would often put all of the prompts for the challenge on one square slide um, on their Instagram account that could be basically people can can do a screenshot of and then keep that in their in their camera roll on their phone and reference it throughout the time of the challenge and easily, you know, kind of go back to it and see what the, the prompts would be for each successive day. I wanted something that 
the five prompts could fit on a on a single square on an Instagram square. And so I, when I was coming up with the prompts, I kept trying to whittle them down and whittle them down and whittle them down to be as simple as possible. And actually but at the end I was like, okay, I was really pleased with what I, what I had come up with because they were deceptively simple. Um I think day one, the prompt was name your message. Day two was why it matters. Day three was who it's for. Day four is um, what I wish they knew. And day five was how I can help. And so they they seemed very simple, and yet they invited a lot of sharing. And so um, name your message is deceptively a simple invitation. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, and it proved true that when people started sharing their answers, there was a lot that people had to say about their message and um, what it meant. And so um, I just want to invite you that if you are going to do a challenge like this, host a challenge, um, that you, that you take a lot of time to think through the prompts and, um, whittle them down to like their essence and really think through, um, how can one prompt move very naturally into the next prompt? And then that move very naturally into the next prompt. If you want there to be some kind of like a through line for the challenge, um, you can certainly do a challenge that, that has disconnected prompts from day to day. But if you're, if your challenge is going to invite kind of a journey of some sort, which is what my challenge did, um, allowing yourself really some time to like sit and think hard <laughs> and carefully and thoughtfully and intentionally about the prompts that you want to use. So I certainly set aside time in my planning process to like really work on the prompts. And I have several pages in my notebook where I was, you know, had different drafts of what the prompts could be and was really trying to get to the heart of them. So take time with that. Um, I also um, want to during the planning processes, when you come up with your, what your unique hashtag is going to be for your challenge. So for me, I mentioned already that the hashtag for this one was bookwifery visibility challenge. So it was a mouthful. <laughs> and I will say that I felt quite clear going into the challenge that inviting people to use that hashtag was going to be a little bit of a, um, it was going to require a little bit of buy-in from the beginning because typing in bookwifery visibility challenge was quite a long name for the first first time that they would ever have to type it in. There was this possibility that people might type it in incorrectly. There might be a typo. Um, they might not even realize there was a typo once they put it in there. Um, and so I knew that in preparing my audience, people who were joining in to do it, I would have to kind of um, overcome that barrier to entry and let people know, you know, how to go about, you know, entering their hashtag into their caption, um, watching for typos, how to do it successive times so that you don't have to type it in each time. So, so I guess what I'm saying here is a lesson that I learned from this is that, um, you want to choose a hashtag name that is unique and is not going to be something that other people are already using around Instagram. So it, so I liked the idea of using Bookwifery's name in my hashtag name um, and also allowing it to be something that um, had some catch to it. You know, people, you know, there is a rhythm to it. Bookwifery visibility challenge. There's some clear, there's some clarity in the name of it that it's that it's about something specific. Um, but I will say that <laughs> the length of the name and the unusual name of Bookwifery, I knew might be a little bit of a hindrance. So I think, I don't know that I would change the name, but what I'm glad to have done is made some room in the prep time that I was preparing and inviting people to participate to educate them 
about hashtags and to to kind of name the reality that the name of this particular challenge was a little bit of a mouthful. So so I would just encourage you to pick a unique name, um, pick something that's descriptive of what you're doing, and um, educate your audience in any way that you might need to about how to enter enter the hashtag name into their captions. So that's going to go into the next part of this episode, which is how to prep how to prep for the actual challenge. So we just talked about some of the planning that needs to be done, which is like deciding how many days it's going to run, deciding on the prompts and being intentional about that, and then deciding on the name. Now we're going to move into the prepping part, which is um, actually getting getting your challenge ready to go. And that includes in a big way, preparing your people. So um, one of the things that I did here in the prepping prepping phase was to pick the dates. Um, so like I said, I did October 22nd through the 26th. I just basically looked looked at my calendar and said, you know, when is the soonest I could do this and feel like I could actually give my attention to it and do it well? And um, I just decided to commit. And once you put the dates out there, you're in. I mean, you're kind of you're kind of accountable to the process. Um, but then what I loved doing was thinking about creative, intentional ways to invite people into the process. So part of the way I did this was by telling stories. Um, I talked about my experience at the retreat and how the idea came up. I talked about um, kind of the off the cuff way that it came up after I got back from the retreat. And I was talking about visibility on Instagram and seeing how people were responding to it and how that gave way to the genesis of the actual idea. Um, I was was just talking about my heart for visibility, both for myself and my business, but also for the people that I work with and what I want to invite people into. Um, and then I left room in the prep time to, to teach people about hashtag challenges the best I could. So I was getting questions like, how do I sign up or how do I participate? And so anticipating some of those questions or responding to them directly in your captions. Um, so I was I did some posts where I, I, I specifically talked about how do you contribute to the challenge? Um, and that's by adding a hashtag to your caption every time you you enter a prompt for the challenge. Um, I talked about watching for typos with the hashtag. I talked about how to find the gallery where you can find other people that are participating and, and connect with them. Um, I talked about how the first time after the first time you you type in a whole hashtag for yourself, the next time you type it in, you can just hit the hashtag sign and it, it will pop up as a as an autofill option. Um and um, yeah, I, I also had a, a, a caption where I asked people if they had any questions and gave them a chance to kind of voice anything that they weren't clear about. Um, there were a couple days near the beginning where I invited people to raise their hand and say if they were interested in participating. And so the thing I want to get at here in terms of lessons is number one, take time to prepare your people, talk about it as much as you can before it's actually going to start. A lot of people say that it that there's kind of a common marketing um, statistic that says people need to see something seven times before they really get it and are ready to move forward and buy in. And so I just decided that like, I could talk about it every day, the week before the challenge started, and I would not be overdoing it. I would be giving valuable content to people, giving them reasons why they might want to join, helping them feel connected to the process, helping them feel prepared, equipped, um, helping them feel like I'm in this with them and excited. I'm going to be right there 
in it with them as well, participating. And so um, just taking the time to you know, educate people on what to do and answering or anticipating any questions they have and giving them options to like, say, yes, I'm in, you know, even just saying like, if, you know, mention in the comments, yes, if you're going to participate or raise your hand, if you're in and want to join us, um, giving them just chances to buy into the experience. And, um, yeah, that, those are kind of some of the lessons I learned from the prepping part. Oh, one last thing I'll say here about prepping, and I'll link this up in the show notes as well, is that I used um, a website called Canva for all of the graphics that I created for the challenge. So I mentioned that when I came up with the prompts, I wanted them to be short enough to fit on one Instagram square um, in my in my Instagram feed. And the way that I created that graphic was with a um, website called canva.com. And they are kind of, they're mostly free. There's a paid version as well, but there's, they're a free service that allows you to create graphics that are specific. They're for lots of different purposes. I use Canva for lots of things like creating the workbooks for my courses, creating slide decks for the video lessons for my courses, um, creating logos for BookWiffery, and then, um, for creating Instagram graphics that have um, text in them. So for the challenge, I used Canva. I'll link that up in the show notes in case you want to give it a look. Um, but I, what I loved about using Canva for the challenge was that it allowed there to be a quickly identifiable square in my Instagram grid that had all the prompts on it so that if people were joining late and they clicked over to my profile, they could very quickly and easily find the square that had all the prompts on it in case they wanted to join us late. So, um, so yeah, I just allowing there to be some branding to the experience. I had, I had several different images that I created. One image had just the dates of the challenge. Another image had the five prompts. A third image had, you know, an invitation of like shine your light, you know, join it, you know, come along and join us or something. And so I was able each day to post a different image connected to the challenge that that allowed there to be a bit of a carousel feel and a consistent brand to the experience. So that's another lesson learned and um, that I'm pleased with what I did and would pass along to you is just allowing there to be some consistent branding and to take the time to use a program like Canva to create that. Okay. Shifting gears into execution and go time, <laughs> I will say that this is the time, this is the part of the whole process that I had the most lessons learned to pass on to you, things that happened that I didn't expect. I felt like going into the planning and the prepping, it was almost like I had a punch list. It was like I had a project plan. I kind of knew like, okay, I'm going to need to pick prompts. I'm going to need to pick dates. I'm going to need to decide what the name is. I'm going to have to create the graphics. I'm going to need to do some, um, some, some posts every day that like invite people into it. But the execution of the actual challenge when it was running October 22nd through the 26th, there were things happening that I just couldn't have anticipated. And so this is where you have the greatest opportunity to learn. It's like you don't know until you actually do a thing what it has to teach you. So here's what happened. So Monday morning, I got up pretty early. I'm not a morning person, but sometimes I get up really early to write some email lessons for my courses. And so I got up early that morning, I think around 5 a.m., and did my email lessons work. And maybe by 6am, I was um, either going to go back to bed or go sit on the couch. And I decided, you know what, let's check in and see if anyone's used the hashtag yet for the book with free visibility challenge. And so I went and sat on the couch, opened up my phone, went to Instagram, 
navigated over to the hashtag and I saw that three people had already used the hashtag that morning, that first day of the challenge. And I was just like so delighted to see this. And it was such a great feeling to see people actually doing the thing that I had been inviting them to try doing for the week. And I just got such a rush. And um, what was really cool was to see that each of the three people that had entered so far that morning with their first contributions were all located in the UK and I'm here in central Florida in the United States and it was 6am my time and three people in the UK who are five hours ahead of me had already entered and so there was this there was this immediate sense of connection to like people in different time zones that are further ahead in the day have already begun. And um, I was so glad to be awake as early as I was that day so that I could see it was starting to take, it was starting, it was starting. (laughs) And so um, I think what I want to say here is that like, there was this immediate, like, here we go feeling. It was like, we are off and running and we have begun. And so I took a moment right then that morning to go into my Instagram stories, which is like the live feed at the top of your Instagram account that shows the most recent 24-hour kind of snippets of people's days that have been shared. I decided to go in there and highlight the people that had shared so far and um, to to provide a little bit of like orientation to the day for people who were going to be waking up later and getting started. It was like a chance for them to see like, oh my gosh, other people have joined the challenge and here's here's who's joined so far. And are you ready to start your contribution yet? And so that kind of was a moment for me of complete orientation focus on this this challenge is priority one for me this week. I didn't, I kind of knew that going into the week, but it was a moment of it becoming real that made me realize, yeah, this is priority one. Everything this week needs to be focused on the hashtag challenge. And so what that meant, (laughs) I didn't realize what that was going to ultimately mean. This is what I mean by there was a lot of big learnings for me in the week because, um, it really ended up taking the challenge itself probably took about 75% of my working hours of that week. Um, I, I probably only was able to give 25% of my working hours to other kinds of activities in my business that week. And so the challenge really did take up three fourths of the time. Um, Later in the week, my husband, Kirk said to me at one point, he's like, every time I walk through the room, you're glued to your phone this week. And and he said it in a sweet way. He wasn't criticizing, but he was just saying like, it's very clear to me how important the challenge is to you this week. And it's true. The challenge was front and center for me all week long. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the highs and lows of that. Um, So first learning is you immediately feel the sense of being in the host role. And so for me, the way that that looked throughout the week was wanting to highlight people in my Instagram stories that were doing the challenge. Um, It felt important to me both for a community building, like um, helping everyone feel connected to the challenge throughout the week to use my Instagram stories in that way, but also as a way of um, being generous with my platform to share it, to like seed the floor to everyone who was participating. It was also important to me throughout the week to highlight people that hadn't yet been highlighted. And so um, wanting there to be a variety of accounts that I was sharing and celebrating with the community in my Instagram stories. And so you know, it was it was neat to me to see that there were some people who joined the challenge who had, you know, 
over 10,000 followers. And there were other people who joined the challenge who had less than 100 followers. And so there was such a range of experience with Instagram, of connection and kind of savvy with Instagram, um, with their different audience sizes, um, that there were all these people from all these different kind of experience levels that were joining the challenge. There was also such a variety of like, work that people were, or, or message. I mean, the, the whole challenge kind of centered around this idea of like, what's your message? Who's it for? Why does it matter? Um, how can you help? Um, and so what people shared as their message, there was such a range. For some people, it was like their message was really rooted to their business and what they do in the world, like vocationally. For other people, their message was more around um, just their own way of like, personal conviction of how they live their life and some of the values that they carry in the in the person that they are in the world or the kinds of things they like to talk about and share about. And it's not related to a business at all, but more just um, what they enjoy, what they love, who they are. So I loved seeing that and I loved being able to highlight just the the broad range of people that were participating. So here's another lesson that I learned from this experience, and that is that you can you never know how far that this will spread. I was blown away by the multiplying effect of this challenge. Um, it's kind of there's inherent in the idea of doing a hashtag challenge is the idea that it can spread and spread and spread because as people share it with their people as they participate, then their people get to learn about it and might want to participate too. And I knew that like in my head, but it wasn't until it was living it out that I saw how that can actually work. I, um, I was just blown away by how far it spread. There were people that I, I never would have met otherwise that joined the challenge. There were people that I had admired afar from a really long time that joined the challenge and suddenly we were connected and it was, it was blowing my mind. (laughs) And I guess I just, I feel like, um, like you just, you just never know until you try something what's possible and how far it can spread and to just let that organically continue to happen. There were people that were joining the challenge on days two and three and four and five. And there was, there's even people, there's a new person who started the challenge just a few days ago and the challenge has been over for more than a week. And so I just love the way that, um, this particular challenge was set up for people to join in at any time, even beyond the time of the challenge, and that people felt welcome to do that. Um, and I think that was another thing that I loved about using my stories to highlight new accounts that were new people that were joining the challenge throughout the week was just a chance to like fold everyone in, let there be a continuous feeling of welcome, let there be a continuous feeling of celebration. So um, another thing that was a learning for me was deciding how involved I was going to be in the challenge throughout the week. So I already have said that it took up about 75% of my working hours and that I was glued to my phone most of the week. Um, I decided within the first day um, that I was going to personally respond to every single post that was entered in the challenge through the week. And that was a clear, dis- like there was a moment of decision about that for me pretty early on in the first day of the challenge, because I realized that a lot of the people that I have watched host ha- host hashtag challenges in the past have really large audiences and there's no possible way that when people when they host a hashtag challenge that they can personally respond to every single person who participates in the challenge for every day of the challenge. Um, there's just the the volume of people that are participating is intense and insane and like completely outside of their ability to manage the whole thing themselves. But I knew for me 
going into the challenge, um, I I don't have a huge following on Instagram. It was about 690 people before the challenge started, so just under 700 followers. Um, the challenge reached far beyond my followers. Um, lots of people participating that I had never met before and had never met me before. Um, and but I knew that like with such a manageable follower count myself. Um, the the number of that that basically I had the space and the capacity to personally attend to everyone that chose to participate and I just decided that when you're small that's a bonus in a way it's it's like you can bring a personal touch and investment and feeling of hosting that's much more intimate and connected than if I if I had a larger account at this time and so maybe someday I will have a large account that would not allow me to <laughs> to personally respond to everyone who who gets involved. But this time around, I thought, and, and possibly for the next few times I do it, um, I'm like, I'm small enough now that I can do, I can commit to to making every person feel personally acknowledged and responded to. And so I just decided I was going to do that. That is partly why the challenge ended up taking up 75% of my attention for the week was that that commitment to respond personally to every person that contributed every day. And so, and wanting those contributions or those responses to them to be thoughtful and original and like personal. So that was a piece, was just making a decision of how invested you want to be in the challenge and in every person that participates. And I think the smaller you're starting with, the more opportunity for intimacy and connection that you have. And I feel really pleased with that decision that I made, but it did end up taking quite a bit of commitment through the week. So the commitments that I learned that this required for me was um, doing my own posts in the challenge. Um every day. So my own posts for each of the five days of the prompts, commenting on everybody else's entries um, with thoughtful responses, um, creating the highlights for my Instagram stories several times a day. Um, and so when you when I would create a highlight, I would be thinking about like, who have I not shared before? Who, ha- who have I not yet highlighted and lifted up? And then there would be a a moment of deciding, you know, how do I want to frame what I'm highlighting about them so that people who are re- watching the story highlight will be feel engaged and invited to go check that person out. So thinking of like a one to two sentence highlight, you know, saying that I could give that would help people feel like I was framing what that person was about in a way that was inviting them to go check them out and get to know them. Um, refreshing my feed pretty regularly throughout the day to see if there were new entries. Um, another thing that was really cool that came up that I didn't anticipate was, um, like helping people connect to one another. So as I was reading entries in the hashtag challenge and, you know, people were telling about certain things they cared about, what they were about in the world. And I would hear echoes of what other people who had entered the challenge were sharing on their feed and that the two people or two or three people, whoever hadn't probably necessarily met each other yet, but it was a great way to say, Hey, you might want to check out this person who's also participating in the challenge because you seem to be about similar things or there's a little bit of a crossover here. And it was, it was just, it was fun to see these like um, echoes of themes and messages and um, values and to be able to connect people to one another in more, even more intentionally than just letting them find each other kind of on their own through the gallery feed. Um, At one point I had a couple people say that I was, uh, they called me an Instagram matchmaker (laughs) and that was really fun. So I didn't, I didn't anticipate that aspect of the challenge either as a way of like 
um, helping people connect to each other in a little bit more intentionally than, than they might otherwise have found one another. Um, another thing I'll share about how this went in terms of the Instagram stories, um, choosing to use my Instagram stories that week to highlight people that were participating in the challenge, but also choosing to show up on camera a couple times myself throughout the week as a way to, um, well, there were a couple reasons why. Number one, it's a visibility, ch- it was a visibility challenge. So I thought that putting myself on camera a couple times might be another way to stretch myself in the in the area of visibility. Number two, um, wanting to continue to offer as much of a hosting welcoming stance toward people who are participating as I could. And so on day one, I think it was in the afternoon, I went on camera and just said, Hey, welcome to day one. I would love to hear how it's going for you. If you've participated, how does it feel? If you're thinking of participating, like how does it feel to be kind of approaching the edge of that? If you aren't sure yet, what are your questions? You know, how can I help you kind of step up to the edge? Um, and then on day two, I decided to run a poll on um, vulner- vulnerability in the midst of visibility. And that was because I knew I wanted to do a podcast episode based on the challenge about how vulnerability crops up when we're visible. And you may already know that in the last episode I did, episode 21, was a result of that poll that I did. And so for me, it was like being visible on my Instagram stories as part of the challenge of being the visibility challenge, but also letting people get to see me as the host of the challenge to feel like invited into the story of what we were doing together that week. And then third, just knowing that, you know, lots of new people were coming to my account that week, following me for the first time. They'd never known me before. They'd never seen me before. And so going on camera in my stories was a way to help them get to know who I was a little bit more. Um, so just, just, being a person. <laughs> it's a good idea. And so I would encourage you to think about that as well if you're going to host something like this. It was another way to exercise that host hat. So um, I will say that um, that that message of like, you never know how far this will go. Um, another thing that happened was, you know, I, I, I think I, I, by the end of the week was just under 900 followers on Instagram. So I went up about 200, a little over 200 new followers in the week. For me, with a, an account that isn't super huge, that was that was huge for me. Um, and so for me to be logging into Instagram throughout the day and seeing my follower count just going on, going up and going up and going up and refreshing the feed and seeing new people popping in throughout the day each day, um, there was a huge dopamine rush through the week. <laughs> and so that's another lesson I learned that I want to pass on to you is that Monday and Tuesday, I felt like I was riding on a high, like 24 seven for those first two days. But then, and just from like the dopamine rush of like all the notifications, all the new entries in the challenge, all the new followers that were coming, I had never experienced that kind of activity on my Instagram account ever. And so I was just the dopamine of all those notifications, the dopamine hits just hit me sky high. But by Wednesday and Thursday, I crashed. I had, I was so tired by Wednesday and Thursday that it was so, it was, it just, I felt like I was dragging throughout the day to respond to every post, to do my own posts, to continue to, to commit to the, the highlights of all the stories. And I'm just sharing that in a, um, just a transparent moment with you that, committing to a challenge like this is is quite a commitment and that that whole thing of like what's happening in your brain and the neurotransmitters when you're when you're kind of managing such a kind of <laughs> I don't know this like 
this interwebs, you know, all the connections that are happening and all of the notifications you're getting and, and all the ways you're trying to stay on top of it. It's a lot to manage. And I didn't see that coming. That was another thing that surprised me was didn't see how far it would go. And I also didn't see the toll it could take to just stay that present that long. So I was really glad at the, at that point that I had really committed just to five days. Um, because it, it, it was a lot to tend to for such an intense period of time. Okay, last thing I want to say about the execution go time is that that in terms of a lesson learned is that um, that you will wonder if you're doing it right. There were times that I had self-doubt when I was choosing to highlight people's stories, when I was choosing to go on camera, uh, when I was doing my own posts to, to, to participate in the challenge. You know, I was I was constantly felt like I was operating without a net. I didn't really know if what I was doing was landing for people. Was it making them feel welcome? Was it turning people off? Um, and I just had to decide by midweek that um, I'm doing this all in for the people who are all in on this challenge. This is for them. And that I want to completely give them the best that I can in everything that I'm doing. And then I want to also offer a welcoming stance to anyone else who's kind of observing and watching on the sidelines and wondering if this is for them and if they want to join in. And so I want to pass that along to you as just a great... um, I think it's a helpful stance for us in general to hold with our social media chat channels because we can often, you know, kind of going back to what I talked about in episode 21 about vulnerability when we're more visible about what we're about, we can often second guess whether it's okay for us to be sharing what we're sharing. And I think I'm finding it helpful that if I remember who I'm doing this for and that the people who it's for are going to love it and be all in, then I want to be all in for them. And that I also want to have a a posture of welcoming for anyone who's kind of standing on the sidelines or kind of adjacent to it and wondering if it's for them. And so there's this, this like, you know, again, putting those blinders on for anyone that's outside of that and not worrying about judgment or criticism or rejection or any of that and remembering like, this is who I'm here for. I'm here to serve. How can I do that well? Okay. So the lessons from execution go time is that you have no idea how far this will spread. Um, you, people will join in late, welcome them, fold them into the process. Um, you'll wonder if you're doing it right. And it takes way more time than you would expect. <laughs> I was pretty knackered by Wednesday and Thursday. And then my energy came back again on Friday. Okay, last thing here is to talk about finishing well. Um, And I just want to add in this piece of thinking through um, where will you take them next? What feels like the next right step after the challenge challenge ends? Um, A lot of people at the end of the visibility challenge shared that like they were pretty tired too. It's partly because the prompts themselves, you know, were excavating, you know, kind of invited them to dig down deep into who they are and what they're about and why that matters. But also the there it was a very extroverted experience, you know, lots of new connections being made, lots of new friendships, um, lots of commenting in each other's um, entries. And just by the end of that, people saying, you know, I felt like I was at a really great party, but because I'm an introvert, I need to go home and like curl up under the covers for a while and just like not use any words. And so, um, so just like for me, there was like this balance of feeling out like, like what feels like a right next step while also acknowledging that everyone's tired or a lot of people are tired. And so um, just be thinking about what are some small steps that can bring people in your community challenge closer to you in a way that feels natural 
and not like a complete shift away from what you were just doing in the challenge itself. So for me, the challenge itself was very nurturing and also very much like, um, pushing people deeper. So whenever I could, I wanted to exercise part of what I do at Book Whiffery, which is helping you get clarity and also um, clarify. And so when people would share what they were about in their entries, I would see if there was a way I could invite them deeper into what they had shared to help them clarify anything about their message or who it's for. And so, um, so I felt like the my posture toward people in the challenge was one of welcome and one of um, interest and going deeper. And so for me, thinking about next steps beyond the challenge, how could I continue that feel with people? Because that's who I am in my work. I want people to feel completely welcomed and celebrated. I also want them to know that I'm here to take them seriously in what they're doing and to help them get clarity. And so So for me, some of the things that that included or could include for you, you know, encouraging people to follow you on Instagram, talk to them about what what it is that you share there. Um, You might invite them to listen to a podcast, which is what I did. Um, Another thing you can do is prepare some kind of an email opt-in for them that would take them one step deeper into your process of what you offer your audience. And that was another thing that I did was prepare an email opt-in that was going to take people into the discernment process of whether they are it's time for them to birth a book. And so inviting people into that. So I guess what I would say here is um, to the best of your ability, the first time you do it, thinking through what a very natural next step might be. I think if I were to run this challenge again, and I do plan to do that, um, I might be in a different place where I have more information going into the second round of it than I do this first time. For me, this first time of offering it was really just let's do it and see what happens. I'd never done it before. I wanted to see what would happen. I wanted to learn a lot from the people that participated, learning what people would say about what their message is, learning what people would say about how they're here to help, um, learning what people would say about like their heart for their audience and why what they're doing matters. And it just for me, it was a chance to just be a fly on the wall of a lot of different people doing a lot of different interesting things and learning like what people care about and what they want to be doing with their lives. And so for me, it was more about like learning from the experience, doing it, doing it well, than it was about getting any necessarily like external results after the challenge was over. So I didn't push a lot into something like that. Um, Maybe if I was doing it again, or next time I do it, I might um, have a workshop or something that I might invite people into or some kind of a community gathering as like a wrap up to the experience somehow. Um, I don't know. But I know that this time around, um, this part of like next steps didn't feel as clear to me when I ended as everything else did. And that's partly because I think my focus was less on next steps and more on let me try this and see what happens. (laughs) So the success for me was doing it and learning from it, which is what did happen. Um, So yeah, how this applies to you. um, Whether or not you do a hashtag challenge, if you do any kind of community endeavor, it can be a great way to broaden the people that you're connected to to, and to learn from the people that you're serving what what it is that, that... they're about what they're what they are needing what they're trying to do um so thinking through i guess what i would say to you is to plan well to really think through how can you serve your audience well what is it that they need how can you blend what you are about with what your audience need in some cre- needs in some creative way and taking that time to be thoughtful about it and 
planning out each of the steps, um, thinking about what they, they will value. Um, another thing I would say is to support and host them well to allow yourself to be fully committed to the endeavor or the initiative when it's happening so that they feel your presence and your leadership. And then just knowing that it's going to take time and energy, and that's going to be a little bit of a learning curve that you can't ultimately prepare perfectly for. Um, I think next time I will just be a little bit more aware that it will take a lot out of me as a pretty high introvert to be that on (laughs) as long as I was um, for those five days. But I'm so glad I did it. If you participated, thank you so much. If you did not participate and you uh, just want to be more connected to this kind of thing in the future, please connect with me on Instagram. I'm at Christiane underscore bookwifery. And if this has sparked anything for you that you'd like to try with your community, I'd love to hear from you. Feel free to reach out to me in the DMs on Instagram in particular. I love to connect with folks there and hear what these episodes are sparking for you. Um, If you have ideas for a community challenge that you might like to do with your audience, feel free to let me know. I'd be happy to um, be someone that you bounce the idea off of. And um, yeah, I just would love to hear what comes of this for you and your audience as you move forward. Blessings. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bookwifery podcast. Show notes for each episode can be found at bookwifery.com slash podcast. I'd love to connect with you beyond the show. You can subscribe to my birth notes newsletter at bookwifery.com slash notes, where I share further details behind each week's episode, plus updates on all things bookwifery. My favorite place to hang out online is Instagram. You can find me at Christiane underscore bookwifery or by searching bookwifery in the explore tab. And lastly, don't you just love this music? It's called Lights Dissolve and is produced by a musician named Elliot Middleton. Thanks again for listening.